Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks for joining us here for episode 419. We got Dr. Lizette Ojeda talking about how to make some great career decisions that align with your definition of success and value. So you'll learn one, how to defend against career shoulds, two, how to determine your core values when making career decisions, and three, power questions for making those decisions. So if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to as we've referenced, you'll find them on over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F419. Here's Lizette's story. Dr. Lizette Ojeda is a career development expert, helping people achieve their career goals, have better work-life balance, and step up with confidence in their zone of brilliance. She's a tenured associate professor at Texas A&M University and a licensed psychologist and career strategist who teaches career counseling, conducts research on career development, and has been nationally recognized for her work and has been published in the Journal of Career Development, the Encyclopedia of Positive Psychology, the Handbook of Career Counseling for Women, and has helped hundreds of people achieve their career and life goals. So thanks to Lizette for spending some time with us, and thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. One sponsor to check out is LinkedIn Jobs. Did you know that you can post a job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome? And with a fresh year, perhaps you're, like many small business owners, looking for some fresh insight and talent to make 2024 extra amazing. Well, LinkedIn Jobs has created tremendous tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. I love how they make it so easy with their promotion and selection tools. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. No, no. No, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Here's some fun facts. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, and small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome. That's linkedin.com slash B-E-A-W-E-S-O-M-E, as in you are being awesome, be awesome, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So here is Lizette. Lizette, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. Thanks for having me, Pete. Well, I'm super excited to dig into your wisdom. And I understand one thing that you're super excited about is skydiving. What's the story here? Oh, gosh, I'm super adventurous. And a lot of people don't know that about me because I'm introverted. But I've done it three times. And I told my husband that I would chill on that until the kids got out of the house, just in case there are any broken bones or bruises or blood involved. You know, when you're up there, the exhilaration, the excitement of seeing the world from a whole different perspective, and the silence, it's just an awe-inspiring moment for me. And I just love it. So, And so you've done it three times or how many? Three times. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've done it once and I thought it was awesome. And uh, I'd like to go again. And I've heard that actually the second time can be scarier than the first. Is that your experience? Well, apparently not because I did it a third time. <laughs> well, maybe some people like the fear and then the, the conquering of it. I mean, I just, I just thought it was so fun. It's like, at last I am, I am flying. <laughs> This is what I wanted yes. to do since I was a kid. <laughs> yes. That's good. What a great way to say that you can do anything if you put your mind to it, right? You can be whoever you want to be. <laughs> oh, so yeah, totally. This is that sort of feeling of, of accomplishment. It's awesome. And it's a, it's a thrill. So, But it, my wife also uh, would like for me to not jump out of planes during this phase of 
family living <laughs> and i have <laughs> i have obliged for now and we'll, we'll see if that needs to be renegotiated i also want to repel off of a skyscraper which i understand there is an organization that that does that often collaborating with nonprofits, which just seems like a good time Wow, that sounds amazing. You know, in Houston, where I'm at, there's a pool up at a, on a skyscraper that has a see-through bottom. So you can actually see your way down all the way to the ground. And it's pretty, pretty scary. That's wild. Yeah. Cool. Well, so that's uh, something that's exciting over in that world. I also want to get your take on, you've done a lot of different, you know, counseling and coaching for people facing career decisions and, and situations. I'd love it if you could kick us off by sharing what's been the most fascinating and surprising discovery that you've made from all these conversations. Yeah. When it comes down to it and I hear about what people want in their career it comes down to people thinking that it's just a part of who they are rather than an extension of who they are. So the way I see it is that your career is not separate from you. It's an extension of you. It's how you show up in the world doing things that are within your zone of brilliance that you're also passionate about. And that is also a demonstration of who you are. And I think that a lot of times people think have this idea of what a career should be, and then throw into the mix of expectations of what you should be doing, whether that be internal voices in your head based on what you grew up being told, or just people making suggestions to you about what path you should take. And so I think it's something that's really personal and difficult to separate the professional from the personal, because they both influence each other. And when one is not doing well, the other one ends up suffering sooner or later. Oh, I hear you. you just can't separate it. And when you talk about some of these shoulds, could you get a little bit more specific? Like, what are some common shoulds you hear again and again and again? Let's say if you have kids, you should be a better mom. You should cook, bake homemade brownies. And so these different expectations of who you are for women based on the current things that you have going on. So you're expected to be able to do it all, all the time well. And that's just not, not a reality. And it starts to make people, women, wonder, is this really the path for me? And unfortunately, even to the extreme of opting out, because they don't think that it's possible for them to bring their whole, true, authentic self at work and be awesome as they are in the current stage that they're in. Okay. You hear that, that pressure and, and the shoulds and, and the expectations and feeling like you're, you're failing, you're screwing up, you're not enough, you're not good as a, as a professional or a parent or both at the same time. <laughs> you know, not, not so pleasant. I want to dig into your framework when it comes to making career decisions, when it comes to get it, pivot it, and quit it very succinct and, and interesting to say. Can you unpack what are these key components? Yes. So what I've discovered is that with every move that we make, with every career decision that we're you know, about to make, it really comes down to one of three options. And that's either you're going to get it, go get what you set yourself up to do, whether that be a promotion, whether whatever that is, whatever you have insight, you are deciding to go get it and just need to figure out what strategy, what support, what path that is. And sometimes you need to pivot, meaning 
you're not going in the direction you thought you wanted to go after all. And this one can be really difficult for people because sunk cost comes into play where they're like, gosh, I put in all this effort, time, energy, and this is no longer the direction that I want to take. What's on the other side? And it could be really scary, but they know that they, there needs to be a change. They're just not sure if it should be like a lateral move, changing industries or changing just positions or companies. But they know that there is a change that needs to happen. And it could also even be like a change in strategy, a change in environment. But that's mostly what's going on there. And then the quit it, <laughs> that's when you decide to let go of what you're doing now. And so it could be recognizing that after evaluating your core values and the current phase you are in life right now, and then getting really clear on what you want your career to look like long-term, you decide that this isn't it anymore. And sometimes it might be a fancy title that you decide to let that go, especially if it comes at the cost of your health, your sanity, your family, all these other things that are really important to you. But a lot of times it conflicts when you're not clear on what your core values are in the first place and you try to do everything and not get anything done. And that's where you have to start making some big decisions because it's just gotten to that point where something has to give, unfortunately. I see. So it sounds like when you're doing your career coaching, you're sort of looking at three very different flavors in terms of, of what it is we're trying to solve for. Are we trying to solve for how do we get that thing or how do we make the best change or, or how do we sort of escape? Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say? Yes. So a lot of times the people I talk to, they feel stuck. They're analyzing, overanalyzing things, just spinning their wheels and they end up maybe making some changes, but they end up right back where they were and they don't really get to the core underlying issue. And so I walk them through this decision-making process of helping them figure out, is this something you want to stick to? But maybe just not in this way. Maybe the path that you're taking isn't the right one for you, but the destination still is because not every destination is led by the same path. And so it'll look different for everyone. And so instead of just giving up on something that you have your heart set on, you're maybe approaching it in a way that isn't a good fit for you. Tell me a little bit more about getting to sort of like the core or root situation. So, so can you give us some examples of, of folks, they, they think the problem is one thing on the surface level, but that's really symptomatic of, of something deeper. Can we see how that looks in practice? Yes. So for example, let's just talk about money. A lot of times people will give it their all at work because they want a raise, for example, let's just go with that. But then they realize that once they got there, they're looking down and they're like, okay, now what's next? Like this, I thought this was what I wanted and it really is not. And so the money that they make no longer can compensate for the meaning that is lacking. And so Tony Robbins says it really well that success requires for you to feel fulfilled. Otherwise that's your greatest failure if you're successful without fulfillment. And so being really clear on what success even looks like for you, because you can be chasing different things that maybe are not something that you value, but that you think you should value. So societal indications of what success looks like, for example, but you have to define that for yourself and be okay with it and allow yourself to show up in this world standing 
strong in what you believe in. Right. And that could be really difficult, especially when you have other people who maybe don't support you. Oh, totally. And then the money example or, or sort of a status situation, folks might say, are you crazy? Why would you ever leave that job? This is nuts. I would love to be making the kind of money that you're making or to have the the influence or the control or the prestige or the whatever that you've got. Exactly. But that's not doing it for you. No. And you'd be surprised how many people tell me like, Lizette, I feel so bad. Like who wouldn't love to have what I have? Who wouldn't love to have this position? But I just feel so empty. Like I'm not really doing what I'm meant to do. I don't feel like I'm contributing the way I know how. And it comes down to this combination of just not feeling fulfilled, a lack of getting what they desire most, and then feeling like they haven't really reached their full potential. And like there's a part of them that's withering away. Yeah. There are these, you know, indicators of, of status and success, like you said, but it's just at the end of the day, you know, research shows that money can only take you so far. And once you've reached a certain level, more money isn't going to fill that void. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I think that uh, Daniel Kahneman did uh, some research on that. And, and I, I captured that number at one point and adjusted it up for an inflation. It was somewhere around $85,000-ish. Is that right? Yes. But I would say that it also fit, depends on where you live. Oh, right. It's going to go a different way if it's in San Francisco, for example. Oh, certainly. And if you have, you know, six kids or, or zero kids. Yes, definitely. I, I think that's uh, in, in the mix as well. But kind of the aggregate overall is in that realm. And, and, and I think that having been on both sides <laughs> of that number, I, I think there's really some truth to it in terms of, of what you're really gaining in terms of your life experience and how it's shaped by by having those those dollars handy. So, okay, so we talked about not falling for the shoulds when it comes to planning out your career and making those choices. So what are some of your, your pro tips for zeroing in on what really, 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 really matters most to you? Yes, this is gonna require some self-reflection. So thinking on how you make decisions, what patterns are you noticing? Are you noticing that you make decisions based on more self-care, for example? Are you making decisions that open up more opportunities for you to go to different conferences and present? So it really, your values guide your decisions. And so if you don't know what your values are, then I encourage you to work backwards. So how are you making decisions? What are you deciding on and against? And what is this pattern? And I guess those need to be decisions you feel good about if you're kind of trying to decode what's the underlying good value there. Yes, but the decisions you don't feel good about can also be very informative because that's telling you you're not in alignment. You're making decisions that aren't based on what you value most. Okay, so if you say, hey, what's the decision you felt great about? It's like, okay, well, then that is serving a value. And what's a decision you felt not great about is a value that you have a compromise. Could you maybe give us an example of, of how someone might work through this in, in terms of, oh, hey, here's a decision I made and here's what that's telling me about a value? Yes. So I would ask you to pay really close attention to your reactions. So thinking, what kind of thoughts are coming to your mind as you're making this decision? What are you feeling? Do you start to feel kind of fluttery? Do you start to feel at peace? Do you start to feel like your throat may be closing up? Figure out what your body's signs are. I would really encourage people to do that because that's going to really tell you when you're making decisions based out of maybe fear or maybe wanting to please other people or maybe feeling like an imposter or it could be so many different things. 
And so listening to what your mind and your heart and your body are telling you is going to help you really dial in on how you make decisions and when you make certain decisions in a certain way. I'd love it if you could zero in on the body part of that in terms of can you pinpoint a couple particular bodily sensations to a a couple particular messages? Yes. So ah, this one's a big one. Right by your collarbone in the middle of your neck, you'll start to get a little red when you start to feel uneasy. Huh. No, so just like look at a mirror and behold. Yeah. Or your friend might be able to tell you that. <laughs> it's because your body is kind of preparing itself for the fight or flight, but there's nothing to fight. It's just all in your head because you feel like you've got to make the right decision and it could be life altering. Mm-hmm. What else? Yeah. So I was talking to a client recently and she was telling me how they were forcing her to make a decision at work between two different job opportunities within the company that she needed to transition to and pick. And she needed more time and she just couldn't tell them that she needed more time. She felt like she had to make a decision and then she started to get sick. And so that's like an indication that your body is repelling against something that you're forcing it to do. And so being able to take that information and not ignore it because then what's going to end up happening, you're going to burn out. Your performance is going to go down. It's going to spill over into your personal life and it's just going to become a huge ball of mess. And so being really in tune with your body and these signs and then responding accordingly. So there's this fear involved there. And so it doesn't have to be something that is horrific and catastrophic. It's how can you approach this? Decide to just go ahead and move forward with what is being requested because you understand the pros and cons and are willing to risk the consequences or just go ahead and say, okay, this is making me really anxious, but here's how I can do with it. Either way, figure out how to take back control over the situation, how you react to it. All right. Excellent. Well, so I'd love it then if you could talk about some of the the particular questions you really recommend folks ask themselves when they are exploring these career decisions, whether the decision is to get it or to pivot or to quit it. What what are some of the, the power questions you found that time and time again, when folks engage them, they see good insights on the other side? Yeah. So one of the things that I want to mention of where people get stuck is that they think that decision that they make today is going to be their forever decision. And that often keeps them stuck from making any decision. And so, you know, thinking about what do I want most right now will really help you make a decision that is in alignment with what you want most. And asking yourself, why do I want it? So, And you have to ask yourself that question until you can't really ask anymore. Kind of like saying, well, I want a Lamborghini. Let's just go with that. Why do you want it? It's not just because of that. It's because of what it will allow you to do, who you will become, how you will feel. Mm -hmm. Right? So asking yourself as deep as you can, well, why? Well, why? Why do I want this promotion? Well, why do I want to work for this person instead of that person? Why? And then when do I want to do it? Is this the right time? Maybe it's something that I need to table it until I have, I'm in a different position to be able to take this on and having the support that you need to help you make this decision because a lot of times we can stay in our head and it's really hard for us to figure these things out unless we have some support to be able to help somebody have a more objective perspective. That's good. Yeah, we we make things bigger than they really are or we're not able to see solutions that are right in front of us because it's just, it takes such an emotional toll on us 
to be able to make these decisions that have huge implications. Yeah. And do you have any pro tips there when it comes to finding a place of, of calm or peace or, or, or rationality when you're in the grip of, of some of this emotional stuff? This is what I do. I ask myself, okay, what is the worst that can happen? And what do I really want to happen? And is what, how likely is the worst to actually happen? And if it's very minimal, then I'm going to go for what I really want. And if I couldn't live with myself, if the, what I really don't want actually happen, then that would be something that would carry more weight. Could you give us an example of, of what are some things that would be, yeah, just kind of a bummer versus I cannot live with myself if this happened? Okay. I'll give you an example. So it was, um, my kids are in pre-K and they had a school activity and I really wanted to be there, but I also had something at university, which is where I'm a professor. And so I had to pick and I decided that I didn't have to choose either one. I could have a little bit of both. So I just went to the most important piece, to the most important part of each of those. Mm -hmm. So being able to think it doesn't even have to be either or sometimes. Sometimes you can make a decision where you get at least 80% of your cup filled with whatever it is that you need. Gotcha. Yeah. And can you give some other examples of, because I'm, I'm really intrigued by this worst case scenario thinking. I mean, because whenever I do it, I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want that either. I don't want that either. And so, but it seems like you laid out an interesting distinction between there's some things that you could not live with that occurring. So, so what, what is sort of the gravity of those things? Yes. Okay, so this just made me think of something, an exercise that I take my class through, and it's making a list of your must-have to haves. So what are the things that you must have, and what are nice-to-haves, and what are cannot-haves, and then what are your tolerables? And then once you have all those written out, then you can start and make check marks as to whatever decision you're considering, where it falls on that table of all the different nice-to-haves, must-haves, can't-haves. Okay, cool. You know, and, and finally, I'd love to get your take on, could you maybe share with us a story of a client who just uh, did this whole shebang in terms of, you know, they had some questions, they engaged some of the stuff that you've, you've mentioned here and, and these kinds of ways, they reached some insights and then they, they went off somewhere and where they are now and how it's going for them. Yes. So it's a woman, she was in the oil and gas industry and she wanted to make a bigger impact, but was being held back because, um, she felt like she was in a good old boys kind of network. And so there wasn't a lot of opportunity for her to have more leadership and, and impact within her company. So what we did is like, okay, well, you want it, let's go get it. How are we going to get it? Let's think outside the box. They're not giving it to you. Then you go get it somewhere else. And so we found other opportunities outside of her job. So like being on boards on organizations in the community, being able to make an impact in that way. And she recognized that the decision she wanted to make in terms of having this part of her career fulfilled could look in different ways. As she's working towards finding a different opportunity in terms of the job, meanwhile, she can do these other things. So it didn't have to be either or, like suffer in silence and just keep doing this. But as I'm looking for something better, how can I still have this need met? 
And Lizette, do you have any final thoughts, things you really want to make sure to mention before we shift gears and talk about some of your favorite things? Well, I think that it's really important for you to think about what your career means to you because it's not just a career, it's a calling. And it should be something that is in alignment with who you are and figure out what exactly that looks like and how you can make that happen. Okay, thank you. Well, now could you share with us a favorite quote, something you find inspiring? Yes. One of my favorite quotes is that not every destination is led by a single path. I love that because you can have the same destination, the same end result that you're looking for, but it's going to look differently when you inject your personality, when you inject your values. And if you try to go down that path in a way that isn't a good fit for you, then it's not going to be enjoyable. And when something is not enjoyable, you're not good at it. And we all want to be awesome, right? At work. All right on. Certainly. Well, how about a favorite study or experiment or a bit of research? Yes. Okay. What comes to mind is the pre-MAC principle. Have you heard of it? Pre-MAC. I'm not sure yet. Pre-MAC principle. It's one of my favorite. It's when work expands to fill the time you allot it. And so I think that this is a really interesting concept because when you are busy at, at work, doing things you love, it's so easy for you to just fall into this trap of doing more and more and more because you give more time to it. And so what I usually do so that I can be able to do all these different things is give myself a little timer. And so that way I can only do something for a certain amount of time instead of trying to make it perfect. So that's something that I encounter a lot of women who feel kind of overwhelmed with all these different things that they're doing and starting to resent their career. I tell them to just follow that principle. Oh, thank you. And how about a favorite book? Oh my goodness. A favorite book. It would have to be Happiness by Diener and Biswas Diener. Diener and Diener? Yes, basically. Yeah. Okay, cool. And tell us a little bit about that one. I've got a couple of happiness books and I don't think I've got that one. Yeah. He's a big guy who does work on life satisfaction, which is also one of my areas of research, looking at what helps us feel happy in our careers and in life in general, because they're both, they go together. And so he's the guy who's found some research that shows about that money thing that we talked about earlier and just looking at what factors contribute to our satisfaction with our life. So it's really interesting. How about a favorite tool, something you use that helps you be awesome at your job? I would say Asana. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everything is so organized in there. Oh, Asana, not A-S-A-N-A. <laughs> yes. I thought you literally meant a sauna, like you're going to step into a sauna. Oh, that's nice too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, you know, that is a good tool. It helps to unwind a little bit. Okay. I'm with you. Asana, the, the task and project management application. Okay. I'm following. Thank you. And how about a favorite habit? Oh gosh. <laughs> when you say yes to something, you automatically say no to. And so I have the habit of saying, before I say yes to anything, I'm like, okay, what do I have to say no to? And yes, Netflix and naps count. All right. Noted. And is there a particular nugget you share that really seems to connect and resonate with your clients? Yes. You know, when you know that you're not just showing up to work as a part of something that you do, but part of something of who you are being able to put that together with your personal life as well. So figuring out how to make that happen so that you don't have to sacrifice either one. And if folks want to learn more or get in touch, where would you point them? You can find me on drlizette.com or on LinkedIn. Just Google my name. 
All right. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks seeking to be awesome at their jobs? Yes. I would say that really think about where you want to go and why you want to do that. What's holding you back and how can you get that out of your way so you can go and be awesome at your job? Well, Lizette, thanks so much for taking the time and sharing the goods. I wish you lots of luck in professoring and researching and teaching and and coaching and and all your adventures. (laughs) Thank you, Pete. I really appreciated Lizette's simple question in terms of once you think you want something, you term, this is what I want, ask yourself, why do you want that? And it's really helpful to go one level deeper because often we don't really examine that. It's like, I want to be promoted. Why? Well, it's just the next logical step. It's like, well, why does that matter? Uh, I don't know. You know, it's like, oh, I want more money. Okay, why? Well, because then I'll have some free time. I can hire some people to clean some stuff or get my groceries delivered. It's like, well, well, maybe you just want to work less. And so I think that's really helpful to go about asking the why do you want this question? And you can often find some superior answers and approaches to getting there. So good stuff from Lizette. Hope you dug it. And more again, the show notes, transcript, links to items to be referenced are at awesomeatyourjob.com slash F419. And if you haven't already, I hope you push subscribe. If you do so, you'll catch our next guest. It's Brian Solis. He is talking about liberating yourself from digital and device addiction. Hope to catch you there. Peace. Thanks for listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, Check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as the perfect episode for your situation. You can search the full text transcripts of hundreds of episodes or explore episodes tagged by topic and competency covered. Second, subscribe to the podcast and get future episodes automatically. You can subscribe by telling Siri and several other smartphones and speakers, subscribe to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast or by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. If you'd like some extra help figuring out podcasts and how subscriptions work, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash subscribe for guidance. Hope to catch you on the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.